Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Gathering of Gotchas, the only podcast that focuses exclusively on the games your parents don't want you to play. I'm Galen, the sound guy Firestone. And I'm Kite. And I'm Dolexic, formerly known as Ranakel. Oh, we're doing this and formerly I'm known thing? <laughs> just, just formerly known as Dez, not changed at all. Okay. <laughs> How are you guys doing today? Pretty good. No complaints on my end. Conflicted, overall good, but given some of the research I did for this episode, uh, conflicted. Conflicted? Okay. What do you mean? I suppose he's going to elaborate later, Kite. That sounds Consider like... Consider it a setup. Alright. Mm, Just like thought? the fact that I was a Luxac is a setup for discussing the banner and results for the FFB section. Sounds oh good. boy. Okay, let's start with a new Neo Vision based unit, which is, of course, none other than Rain. Who Rain? Which makes which sense rain? because after it's a brand new rain. rain. Oh, it's a brand new Rain. Yes, Rain Neo Vision. It's literally his name. <laughs> All right, cool. They weren't even trying on that one, apparently. Apparently not. And now, yeah. before we, cut, we talk about the unit proper, I would like to talk about the banner, since it is a bit different from the previous New Vision banner we had. Okay. So, uh, if you remember, the last banner didn't have a step-up or anything like that, but right. what it had was that every uh, 10 plus 1, you got a ticket, uh, you could trade in for various rewards, shards, and so on from a shop. And you had uh, the fourth one for free, if you did free first. Um, this one uh, doesn't have the do free pulls, the fourth one is free. But what it does have instead is first the unexpected news that uh, the tickets you get from these pools uh, are on the same exchange shop as the one from the FF7 remake banner. Oh. And in fact, if you kept some holdovers, you can trade them for things like uh, Wayne New Vision charts. Oh, okay. They're just one That's on nice. the same ticket. Mm -hmm. They're also, shared. They're shared. Yeah. Uh, pause. Uh, yes. I'm hearing a kid yelling in, some, in the background of someone's mic. I hoped you wouldn't hear that. That it just started uh, as we started recording. I will close the window. Okay, I'm sorry. No worries. <clears throat> I'm going to have a hard time editing that out during, uh, when Rana's speaking. I could just redo the Bano explanation. I think we may need to, I'm sorry. No problem. Probably All right. the best. Okay. Unpause from the top. I'm... Blarg. So before we talk about Wayne proper, I would like to talk about the banner first. Because okay. it's a bit different from the FF7 Remake banner. Uh, in case you don't remember, the FF7 Remake banner had this uh, free ticket uh, you could exchange in a shop from the uh, every 10 plus 1 you pulled. And if you did three pulls, the fourth one is free. So okay. this one, the Rain New Vision banner, doesn't have the fourth free pool, but it has two interesting traits to kinda compensate. One is that uh, 
the tickets are the same as the previous one and in fact the shop is the same as well meaning that if you have ff7 remake banner holdovers you can trade them for say a new vision range shards that's actually really or vice cool. versa i yeah. appreciate mm-hmm. that yeah, mm-hmm. and the more it will persist, the better it will be, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Uh, yep. The other interesting thing is that uh, you get two guaranteed rainbows for every pool. Oh, man. I like it. Yeah. That would be so tempting. That's really uh, good. Yeah, so, but uh, ultimately, I thought at first that for reasons we'll cover pretty soon, uh, this banner was kind of skippable. I just uh, did uh, a little uh, daily pool uh, because uh, he is pretty cool, but didn't want to commit much more than that. So I got him in the daily pool. <laughs> uh, and that sounds com- about right. That's not all. After oh, some boy. deliberation... I thought, you know what, since I got her, and since with the daily login rewards we get 40 shards, uh, I'm just going to do one 10 plus 1 pool, not to get anything from it, but instead to trade the new ticket for 10 rain shards. Right, for a guaranteed thing. Yes, of course. So I got my second rain this way. Yep, saw that coming. Saw it, yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. Also, my second Bruce, for that matter. Your second Bruce? Bruce. 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 Who the heck is Bruce? Okay, so who's Bruce? He's One of a the main season characters, characters of season three. Oh. oh okay. Okay. Which explains why I wouldn't know him. Yeah. And we'll come back to it. In fact, even his name is kind of interesting. But first with first, let's talk about the shiny Neovision unit. Right. So, uh, of course, he has uh, his normal form where he's kind of more adult looking, almost getting some Reagan vibe. Makes sense, considering who his dad is. Exactly. (laughs) And his brave shift shift form is uh, just Hyo. He he transforms to Hyo. Great. That's just, yeah. Oh, ah. Uh, his TMR is a new power, which is 75% true double hand and 30% LB damage. So it's very powerful. Yeah. The 75% can be a bit hard to round off, but even so, you always like more options to stack more attack and LB damage. Of course. Since LB damage dealers are pretty popular these days, if you haven't noticed. Yeah, I mean, yes, they Tifa. are. There is also Tifa. Yeah. <laughs> and his Astiera is kind of a weird one because of his kit. Okay. So it's the obliterating Crimson Saber. 184 true uh, double hand uh, greatsword. Makes sense. Yeah. No element, but. It does cast uh, on uh, start of the battle and on revive power of the sun, which increases fire damage by 10%. This is weird for his kid because he has a better buff of the same time as part of his kid. Okay. Fun fact, it transforms into a spear. 
Like visually, I guess? Yep, visually, yes. In his CG unit animation in his standard form. Okay, but there's a funnier bit about that because while he does transform into a spear looking weapon, he cannot equip spear, but his brief shifted form can. Weird. Indeed. Oh, that's awkward. Uh, also, well, his considering... unit specific vision card is in order to change the world, which is a raw attack as uh, its only stat, same as uh, the chase. Mm -hmm. But the passives are different. Instead of focusing on uh, weapon mastery, instead, uh, well, it is technically a weapon mastery also for a great sword, uh, but it gives HP and defense instead of more attack. Okay. And as for the scene it depicts, uh, it is basically the decision that led him to become hero. But in yep. pixel form. Yep. <sighs> don't, for don't forget to remember the fact that the level 10 passive skill will only work if it's equipped by a male unit. True that. Also, what's interesting about uh, this first unit we have is that I'm running into kind of a first world problem to end all first world problems. How's that? that among the four new vision units currently in the game, three of them are True Double Hunt Greatsword users, meaning that I'm running out of gear for True Double Hunt Greatsword <laughs> users. <Yikes>. Oh dear. <laughs> That's my well, that's with minus all the, one. That's with minus all the good one pulls, for me. With all the good polls you've been having, that kind of makes sense that it would uh, yeah. be a problem for you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no, my farm party is for remake Cloud and Atifa. Whatever shall I do? I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> a good thing I only have Cloud. And Congratulations hey, on having Cloud. we had enough of Universe destroying CG unit animations because Rain is one. Yeah, it turns out uh, busting the moon open wasn't enough, <laughs> and now they're taking oh on oh out entire galaxies. Oh boy, I got a rare on my Dark Gambenti. Yes! Oh, congrats! Nice! Indeed! Finally, after 35 runs! Congratulations! Wow. Yeah, that sounds that about sounds like I'd a lot. Yeah. yeah, speaking that, of that, that, we'll just talk about it later. Yes. Yeah. It's, a Come over. it's a shock. Let, let's talk rain. After cloud. Sure. Cloud, rain. Sure. <clears throat> so, uh, his base form is kind of an offensive support. Okay. In that he supports and also has higher chains than most seven star characters because he's an NV unit. Of course. Yep. In particular, Besides the fact that he has a lot of Stardust Ray chains, he can also do things like imbue himself and an ally per cast uh, with uh, fire damage for 5 turns. Uh, he can also deploy 80% fire resist and 40% generic damage mitigation, which is great for a damage dealer. Uh, he has the aforementioned up to 15% fire damage buff. For okay. the whole party as well. Uh, some self-heal, self-MP regen. Uh, a bigger attack boost, it raises up to 280%. But this one is part of his grand disability. 
Uh, and then he also has uh, a beast killer uh, for both physical and magic unit by 100% for three turns, which is already pretty good. But then the skill also gives everyone in the party double LB damage, so that's even better. Only double, huh? Yeah, 100%. It won't help Tifa, but uh, <laughs> it's something. It's it something. Tifa. That's hilarious. All right. Yes. And lastly, he has on a four turns cooldown only available starting on turn four. Mm-hmm. A starter sway chain with a perfect dispel attached. Ooh. So the ones that only dispel the buffs and not the breaks or over debuffs. That's nice. Yeah. And generally, they are on a four turns cooldown on the best support units that can provide this type of effect. So. Yeah, no, an actually really solid, very usable support kit. <coughs> Not Sounds alone, like but there's a lot of element, uh, uh, a lot of slot economy in there. Oh yeah. Slot economy is something you always want, especially in like Neovisions or content like that, where you know you can't bring a friend unit, so you gotta make people that bring along different things. Exactly. I think you mean Dark Visions, but yes. Yes, no, I'm yeah. sorry. That can also help, Dark that Vision. can also help. I- uh, and then his LB is pretty strong damage with a fire imbue for the whole party. Seems good. And he has in his passive something that's notable, which is that he has a lot of beast killer and a little bit of human killer. So, of course, in his new vision form, uh, in his brave shift form, I mean, all of this new terminology is going to take a while to run off the tongue, won't it? <laughs> Anyway, for his uh, transformed version, he has the opposite, which is a little bit of beast killers and a lot of human killers. Okay. This is also where his fire imperial is, because he doesn't have any in his normal form. He needs to rely on either external imperials or his brave shift version. This is also where he has even more damage, with bigger chains in general and where his LB does a lower base damage, uh, he does have more passive LB damage boosts. And uh, it actually changed. It's the Extreme Nova chain that uh, original Hero started. Great. So there's one with something that destroys the, the universe, and the other one is an incredibly powerful version of Extreme Nova. Dig. Yeah. But I don't yeah, like but the that means you have to chain part. the Extreme Nova with Hyo. Uh, there no. are a couple of other options, which are Mastermind Zone and Elena, actually. Light mm-hmm. of Salvation oh. is Extreme Nova chain. Mm-hmm. Aldor King Rain as well with Crimson Nova. But it starts on different things. Yeah. Since it's not a CG version. Masterminds on, yeah. Yeah. It's not a CG. Uh, so, yeah, overall, uh, he is uh, a damage unit uh, and he is serviceable. He doesn't really do anything utterly unique or utterly exceptional, but he sounds like the perfect workhorse. Take to an element, imperil it, imbue it. Deal damage, buff, deal more damage. Yep. 
almost like a plan. Mm-hmm. Then, shall we talk about the other new vision unit, which is the Envy Awakening of Veritas of the Dark? Oh, sure, but first let me add this up to the point. Because upon checking on my own Dark Lord after awakening him, he suddenly mm-hmm. got the ability to equip guns at his Envy Awakening. This perfectly mimics region, in in a sense, because his human form also equipped guns, so that's a little interesting fact. Yeah, it gets weirder because uh, he indeed gains the ability to equip guns once uh, Envy awakened, mm-hmm. and right. then his breathshift form cannot equip guns. Yep, he can equip. Knuckles instead. Weird. Indeed. He also gains the ability, the ability to equip maces. Uh, so, anyway, that's it for the uh, Dark Lord equipment time. As far as <laughs> his new skills. Uh, so, he gains the ability to triple cast as well. Although this one is part of an unlock, I think. Uh, it's a part of his unlock on start of the battle, and then another one that lasts longer with the Dark Aspiration skills. Right, Thankfully, but... I'm in the unit screen of Dark Lord himself, because I just awakened him last, uh, earlier. Uh, Tom in the chat is saying the Veritas of the Dark is also the arena champion right now. Yep, he is. We'll talk about it later. Okay. Uh, actually, we can talk about it now because it's part of his main form kit. Okay. Oh, yeah, sure. And let's yeah. talk about it. Why uh, is he so, such a beast in arena? Because so, his grunt disability. Oh, no, go ahead. So it's because of this skill, Quinta Slash. It's a grandest skill in his base form, which you can use three times. You can only cast one time per multicast. It deals split five. Physical damage to all enemies, so it it's it procs five times. It's basically a big modifier AOE damage. Yeah, nice. It keeps, it's nine 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 times five. Yeah, it works like a barrage against everybody. Yeah, that's rude. Mm-hmm. I love it. That's rude. Yeah, and yeah, you can even much. triple Good. cast. You can even multi, you can even sync it with dual slash, which is no longer restrictable to using dual wheels, so you can even spam it in arena to even get rid of the annoying arena traps, which oh, I'm dear. doing right now. Um, okay. So, it's a massive hit five times, then there's dual slash that procs twice, so that's four, four times if you, if you also use Quinta Slash. If you drop a chain, though, he gets two new moves, uh, one which impels dark resistance, the other which deals uh, attack, defense, and magic break 75%, and both of those are status sway. Yep. So he gets an actual modern chain in family. Though his divine ruination still has better modifiers, and so he can be our chain partner for base form T5, that's really what you want. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then there is his breath shift form. 
let's go ahead and talk about that since obviously that's like the I would argue the more interesting part of Neo Vision Awakening. So uh, this form uh, is kind of like Tifest in that it only lasts a certain amount of turn, and on top of that, it's only unlockable for starting from turn two. You can turn one change. Yeah. So you'd imagine it's very powerful. You and would. It uh, kind of is on that two theoretical level. The modifiers are hard, uh, are high, sorry. But <laughs> uh, he becomes completely locked to dark element. Uh, no single skill that does damage, and all of his skills do damage. And not a single one of them just does damage. It's all directly dark damage. Okay. Got it. His LB enhances dark damage too. Only for caster, not for the whole party. Okay, so it sounds like the way this guy is designed is specifically for anti-dark. So if you're up against a boss like Soul, you're up against a boss like something like that. Yes. Or for... I mean, the ideal case scenario is a boss who deals dark damage and is weak to dark damage. Because even in his Brave Shift form, he still has the ability to absorb Dark Damage. I don't think there's many bosses who are going to do that. Like, how yes, often are you going to see that scenario come up? <laughs> exactly my point! Okay, glad we're on the same page on that one. I'm like, Good. deals Dark Damage, but also is weak to Dark Damage. Yes. I mean, I know for some people, like, they're worried about, for say, Lilith and Arena with uh, everything, and he would trivialize that, unless I'm mistaken, but yeah. I mean, there's not yeah, that many overall, bosses, he, I think. Yeah. I mean, the latest the Dark Visions Bahamut actually had this gimmick where you had to uh, make him endure an element again and again, and then use the opposite element to make him weak to the first element you use. That's literally the only case where this works that I can think of. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, he is pretty much the worst envy currently. Well, that's okay. But that doesn't mean that he is purely useless in general. Like, being the worst envy, meaning you still do 20% more damage than CG Kuja, which <laughs> is the current best non-envy damage dealer. Nice. Well, that's still pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, but still Certainly. pretty good. I mean, if Certainly it, if, better than Bruce. I mean, if you don't even use him quite frequently, you can even you can use him in arena to mess up with other people's lives. Yeah. He does sound Yeah, I mean, at the very least like he's an easy way to get wins for that, but and if you have a bag Veritas, what are you going to do? Sit on them? Pretty much. Uh, what's his STMR? Or no, we already knew uh, that. Never mind. I'm dumb. Yeah, it's still his armor. <laughs> yep, I'm. His armor that will make his ability to absorb dark damage worse. Yeah. So that was not very well itemized, was it? That was not very well itemized, was it? Indeed. Okay, so yeah. So Bruce, Bruce is next. One of our main characters of season three. 
So, how is he? Well, first, uh, I want to talk about the name of the event and the name of the character. Sure. Mm -hmm. So, the event is named uh, Prelude in Blue. Okay. And that is because uh, his name is very much the same in Japanese. Bruce. Which could be interpreted as Bruce, like the official translation did. Okay. Or as a Blues. Which Bruce. is why the event is named this way. You so, know, Bruce, like a Bruce brother. Yeah, I was about to say, so he's Proto-Man. Uh, not quite. He's actually my favorite character of Season 3. Oh. Well, Proto-Man's one of my favorite characters of Mega Man, so that works. Yeah. <clears throat> well, classic Mega Man. I'm much more of an X fan. This is not relevant, but I'm just saying it. Anyway, hi. I respect it. Uh, so, as far as the unit himself goes, uh, his TR is Illusionary Gun, which is 30% uh, attack, 40% attack if you have a gun. 70% gun mastery overall, we like that. Yeah. His STMR is actually very good. It is a 51 attack hat, already nice. pretty decent. 30% uh -huh. yeah, light and dark resistance, even better. Yeah, this is sounding good so far. And 15% evasion. On a hat slot, which only has 5% evasion, save for a single exception, the TMR from King Bradley, a uh, limited time character. Right. Yeah, that actually so, is really good. Yeah, high attack yeah. evade hat, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. That's really spectacular. It lets you avoid doing compromises, and we like those. Yeah. As far as weapons go, he, can, he has a pretty restrained selection and can only equip daggers, guns, and throwing weapons. But I'm happy with this selection, because being able to equip throwing a weapon means he can equip Aces TMR, uh, well, CG Aces TMR, and original Aces STMR, which are both sets of pain cards in the game. Given that he has a bit of a tricked magician gimmick, that fits, it works. Yeah. yeah. That works. I like it. Unlike his kit, which doesn't work at all. Well, darn. <laughs> okay, so... It comes from an interesting place, but doesn't quite land. So, he has uh, chaining moves, with, uh, which are all absolute mirror of equity. So far, so good. You say that, but it sounds like he's a mage, right? Well, he is technically a summoner. Okay. But he doesn't do summon damage. Which makes sense in story. It's actually consistent with the law. Mm -hmm. Given to his background story, he was once a summoner. Okay. Um, but uh, now he has a gun. And uh, he's using it to do things like breaking for 70% attack magic or different spirit. Okay. Or, or to give himself, uh, along with the damage, a couple of uh, uh, essentially mirage stacks. Uh, but his best chaining moves, uh, uh, which are either light or dark elemental, also are a one turn provoke. 
So the way he's supposed to work is that you build uh, these evade stacks mm -hmm. and then use the move to provoke. But since the provoke is on his best chain, it means yeah, that if you want to do the most damage, you cannot raise up his defenses. That's and yeah, I can see where that's going wrong fast. The, I'm actually having flashbacks to Medius with his draw attack for no reason. Yeah, and the skill with the most uh, mirage stacks are on that cooldown, so he can't even have full time of his own self for physical attacks evade. Cool. Also, uh, the best nod to his summoner background is uh, an attack that does cast uh, 10, uh, well, your entire spare gauge and inflicts uh, physical damage for, for the next three turns and either instant death or 50 times uh, physical damage, plus all status elements. It's named Summon Doom Train. Yes! <laughs> Yes! Choo-choo! That's exactly that it in a nutshell. Yeah. Sometimes and you just have to run over people with a trade. And it's an, an incredibly huge spoiler, too. I... It's an incredibly huge spoiler, so we already knew the Doom Train was part of the game. Well, we already knew our train was part of the game. Oh. Was Which that actually is a spoiler? Is it not the Doom? Like, was it not supposed to be the Doom Train, or was that supposed to I be I haven't finished... I mean, I haven't finished the story even, so I don't know. I took one look at the image, and I'm like, oh, that's the Doom Train, that's awesome! Yeah, I mean, you see a train, you assume it's the Doom Train, it makes sense. Well, kind of, it was kind of specific looking, but yeah. Oh yeah, point is, he can... Hit people with a train, which is pretty cool, but overall his kit just doesn't quite connect. Well, that's one a shame. issue I'm seeing is he can't suplex the train. That is a he big cannot. issue. Still a shame. Yeah. That is a big issue that needs. I don't know if immediate addressing is the right term, but clearly something got lost in translation there. I am pretty sure one who would appreciate the fact the train is unsuplexable is Rinora, the train's conductor. Renora. Which is the other 5-star base, 7-star max unit on this banner. Okay. So, uh, TMR is Train Conductor, which is 20% uh, HP, 40% defense, and some regen. Meh. That is fairly meh, yeah. And SCMR is a uh, close equipment with uh, a 50 defense and spirit. Uh, 1,700 HP, which is real solid, and uh, the ability to mitigate physical and magic damage taken by Machinas, along with a free LB gauge field button. It sounds like a pretty good uh, clothes uh, armor set for support character. Yeah. Which yeah, which should hint you as to his role. That sounds. Very supporty. Yeah, and he indeed is pretty much entirely a support, and not only that, a defensive support character. 
Okay, so by defensive support, we're talking a lot of barriers and a lot of um, mitigation and stuff like that. Basically similar to how Shipper's Nickel was. No. Barriers, no mitigation, yes. Oh, no barriers, huh? Alright. No barriers. Uh, so he has uh, a full suit of stat buffs. Okay. Uh, mitigation. He has uh, up to 40% general mitigation. And a cooldown, which is uh, on a 4 turn cooldown. And is 70% physical mitigation for 2 turns. Which is very solid. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. And on top of that, he also has the ability to have uh, two charges mirage for all allies, which can be used as part of a double cast or... No, he doesn't have a triple cast. Double cast it is. It's still one more cast than Kimari. <laughs> well, I mean, he is our main source for two stacks physical evasion. Okay. So that's pretty much it. There <clears throat> are some like ten percent phys uh, physical and magical mitigation against humans and machinas for the whole party, but uh, that's more anecdotal than than anything else. Yeah. To say nothing of his amazing chaining skill, uh, which is non-elemental six times modifier curse where we can. Okay. It's pretty much there just to chain with a better unit. It sounds that way, that but way. at least it's there. I, I do appreciate when they do stuff like that and just, you know, hey, we yeah. can help have this support guy help this other strat that's not in their yeah. wheelhouse just to help out. It kind of helps the empty turn this way. It's still not great because he can only double cast, uh, and most mages with Curse Wave Awakens tend to rely on triple or quadruple casts. And Chaos Wave Awakened is a fickle chaining family indeed. It really is. Mm -hmm. So that's it for Winora. Solid defensive support. And okay. not very diverse in his kit. He does one thing and he does it pretty well. Pretty much the opposite of the last unit that was added in this game, but not as part of any banner. And how is it not part of a banner? Now I'm confused. Well, that's because you get this unit for free as part of the reward for the current equipment enhancement event. Yay, which game, is a, event. Which is built as a collaboration between Brave Xvius and Record Keeper. You get a free mm -hmm. character as part of a steel castle? Yep. Cairo, yep. the protagonist from Record Keeper. Okay. Now, for those that didn't play the game, Tyro's main gimmick is that he wasn't very powerful on any specific stat, uh, but instead was able to do pretty much anything. He could equip any weapon, any magic, any summon, anything and had some very niche utility, like uh, a special type of mitigation that only one other character's limit break had. Okay. They did him... Well, I will say as much, they at least got one part faithful, which is that he doesn't really have any strength in particular. Nice. 
so he has a low modifier status sway physical chains, low modifier curse where we can all status sway magical chains, uh, some low buffs, uh, some elemental moves uh, which are also kind of low on either status sway physical chains or curse where we can magical chains with either earth or light. Uh, he can unlock a triple cast or has a native dual cast. He has 65% breaks. He has uh, 60% uh, no 80% elemental imperil. He has a slightly improved Kiragan tornado. 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 Yeah. All right. He is pretty much kind of like ARKT in design, but on a lower power level because he is a free unit. Mm -hmm. And that's to say nothing of his uh, TMRs and STMR. The TMR is a worse Shokobo adventure. It's oh 20% to HP, MP, attack, defense, magic, and spirit. As for his STMR, it's a hat with 25 in all main stats and a 50% uh, high tide. None of which are all that useful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you, ironic You look cute. Unit. Yep, he is cute. And there is, however, as part of the event, a specific equipment, the Grimoire of Let's Judgment, I believe. Last which Judgment is, uh, Grimoire. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which is... Uh, same level as his TMR, which is a uh, materia, but this one uh, is uh, a rod with 130 attack and magic and a unique uh, skill which gives 30% to all stats. So that's pretty decent. That is pretty don't, decent. Don't let the weapon type deceive you. Even though it's a rod, it's a book. <laughs> Yes. Well, we don't have a book weapon type, and I don't think it's the first time that's happened. It is indeed not the first time that's happened. We've yeah. had already the Divine Art of War from Tijinico. Right. thought there would be a different uh, book somewhere in there, and I totally forgot. And there's also Lizard Valest STMR, which is a book. Mm -hmm. And Unholy Grimoire, which is a rod, actually. Point is, books are magic weapons. Yeah, that's what I got out of that. Pretty much. <laughs> and then, we got lots of login campaigns again. Okay, well those are good. Do we? We can get Rainy Vision or and Veritas of the Dark Fragments for the login campaign for this event. Good. Yeah, and I still do the thing where they give you 40 shards and you need 50 shards for the first awakening, which is why I did that one pool. Uh, if you have 40 shards on a unit, the unit won't be useless because first, even in, in their main non-awakened form, a new vision unit is pretty good and also will eventually gain a way to farm shards on the units you already have. And they've also announced the uh, the next World Revisit event for the next region of Season 2, which is going which to start Which makes sense. We are about in, to start a new month. Yep. 
It's going to start this September 1st. So that's more lapis for us. That I think that's about approximately 8,000 lapis for Crystallis chapter. Free stuff good. It's I, I don't know if it's going if it's going to include Madame's manure for some reason, but we're gonna check that out once we've hit the first of September. Manor. Welcome to Gathering of Getras, all your source of deep analysis such as free stuff good. Yeah. And of course we continue on with season three story. It's still I haven't the continued the high school anime arc yet. Yeah, they're still in Symphonia, and Blue Mage Fina can learn a new blue magic there relatively early in this story, Apart, instead of learning it at the end of each chapter release, she gets it early. I mean, first part of the story. This time it's the Mikey Guard spell, which gives Defense Spirit buff, General mitigation for all allies and a 5,000 HP barrier, which is unusual for certain units that can buff barriers. This one is huge, 5,000 HP. I mean, it's not as good as Doctor Aiden's, but it's still excellent. Only if you like blue mages, that is. Yeah, and I think at this point. The only one that are viable are Kimari because of his one trick, which we know right now does better, and uh, Fina, which is actually getting some decent utility every now and then. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and Fina's going to continue to improve as well because as the story keeps going, she'll you know learn more skills as well too, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, keep going in there. And let's see here. I think we we've got all for FFPE, I guess, right now. Yep, we've got it covered. <laughs> so, what's going on with the doctor stuff, Galen? Okay, well, uh, there's been quite a few new uh, there's been quite a few new things going on this week, which is nice. Uh, the first big one is the new Stories of Afternoon event. Stories of Afternoon. Which is, it's not Stories of Afternoons, it's not Daily Stories, it's it's wonderfully English. But there we have it. Uh, and that is what we call a vignette event. And that is to say, it doesn't, um... Have stages? Well, I guess it does have stages. It does it? have stages, but they don't have their own map, and they're not presented in a story sequence. They're presented, uh, you unlock the story via unlocks, it can watch them at any time. Um, taking a stretch. Quick pause. Um, so generally speaking, it feels a little disconnected. It's more like again, it's a series of vignettes as opposed to one contiguous side story like Code of Brawl or like Obsidian Festival. Um, I have not watched any of these stories yet, uh, because I'm saving that for stream and I had to unlock them all. So, uh, we'll be probably by the time this episode releases officially, it'll be it'll be out but um at this point in time i have not i have not done them yet uh the more uh the stages are actually quite interesting because they do go on normal maps so you actually have to have uh the episodes they appear in unlocked in order to access them which is fine because the last ones are in the most recent chapter and they are very tricky 
Uh, I still don't have an auto strat for the last one, and that, that drops a rare mat, so that's actually very useful to grind if you can make it work. I don't know. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it's a pretty cool event. I'm not entirely displeased with the stages. I don't think they're as interesting as Neon's event, which was also a vignette event. I don't think it's as interesting as Ancient Forge, but it's, it's got some good stuff going on. It's got All some, right. it's, you gotta think, uh, it sounds kind of like some place of life thing. Yeah, it feels that way. Yeah. Um, from what I saw. That's a pretty accurate assessment, I think. It's kind of it's kind of low stakes. It feels like uh, the characters they've chosen don't really have any gigantic trauma to them or anything like that. Uh, the characters they've chosen. I'd represent. say this would provide a nice break, but uh, Acknight seems to be full of breaks. Yeah, it's not a very fast-paced game. This is this is about as active as it gets, unless you're at a contingency contract, which is coming in a couple weeks, and that's a whole other. Which conversation. is not something I hold against the game, to be clear. Yeah, no. <laughs> I actually, I like, that's one of the reasons why I like Arknight so much, because it's yeah. kind of just chill, you where, know? Where? There are periods where you're going to need to, you know, do more, be higher activity and whatnot, but, like, for the most part, you know, if, as long as you're using your energy, you know, relatively efficiently yeah, uh, throughout the game, then, you know, you can have a good time with it. Pretty much. Hmm. Um... Anyway, the other thing, this event is neat. It doesn't offer anything too crazy. The rewards are the usual suspects. You're crafting mats, you're, uh, you're, you're catalysts. It gives a lot of locks at coal, which is nice, and it gives a bipolar nanoflake if you're hard really to make, but it's at the not like it's, it's not like it's a bunch of critical items or anything like that. It's, it's nice stuff. I appreciate it, but it's not the be-all, end-all of items. The banner attached to it, however, is very interesting. This banner features uh -huh. three characters. Uh, a raid up on Lapland, who is one of the best five stars in the game, and then uh, additional... Um, and then additional uh, new characters of five-star chain lightning mage Leitzi and uh, six-star single-target nuker Siobi. Uh, Alright, I heard... Chain Lightning, and I'm interested, instantly interested. Uh, I wish she would live up to your expectations. Unfortunately, the way she works is a little janky. Um, mm. Because while she does hit fairly hard, the enemies have to be kind of a specific... Uh, kind of a specific layout in order to actually make them work. And Alright, then we'll take you and put you in, the, in a nice comfy place. It's a comfortable bench next to Brooks. Pretty much, unfortunately. It, it's kind of a shame. If her chain lightning range was longer, it'd be good, but because enemies have to be one tile apart, and because she's an AoE caster by technicality, her range is actually kind of short. It basically means she's got to be staring at a swarm, and she doesn't end up doing anything that a regular AoE mage doesn't already do. Fair. So, she's good if you need a five-star AoE mage. She's... Maybe a little worse than Skyfire, but if you don't have Skyfire, she's good. But she's not going to be a she's not going to be a significant improvement over her under uh, except under the most specific of circumstances. Yeah. Um. The other unit on here, however, Siobi is our six star. Well, actually, no. Before we get to Siobi, let's go ahead and talk about Lapland a little because uh, we talk about her a lot. I use her a lot. 
She is a, a range attack melee unit. Basically, she goes in a melee square and she throws attacks at enemies and she blocks two. She has really high attack. She is very, very good. Her key thing that she does is she actually silences enemies on attack. It's part of her talent. It's not even a skill. Um, which is very good. Uh, that's, Sounds like it. Yeah, that's got a ton of utility attached to it and really helps in a lot of stages. Basically, anytime you see an exploding spider, get Lapland. Just don't ask questions. Just go get her. Yeah, um, exploding spiders. There's fire exploding and spiders, ice exploding spiders, and I think there's a new one in Stories of Afternoon that does both at the same time, which is frustrating. Exploding and spiders. Yeah, so they do a lot of damage just, upon death, um, and yep. they may like apply another effect as well. Just creeps out my arachnophobia a bit. Understandable. Um, and then yeah, Lapland herself. Sorry. Also, according to Spacebird in the chat, Ice Legs can also uh, get uh, pretty much countered by yeah. this feature. Yeah, uh, she prevents Lapland prevents the explosions because they're a special skill, and without Lapland, and when you're silenced, you can't do a special skill, so good night. Excellent. Um, so yeah, she is the solve for that, and even just in general, she has a very high attack, um, her skill, which is automatically generated, like, it, it's not something you can pop at will, which is unfortunate, changes her attack to arts, and then magic damage, and then it hits two enemies instead of one, making her even better. Right. So, yeah, the short version is Lapland is terrific. We like her a lot. Um, so she is, for a new player, probably the prize. Now, the top of the line is Siobi, our second single-target six-star mage. The first one is uh, kind of in quotes, because Asia Fala is not really a single-target mage. She acts like one, but all of her skills have AoE attached to it. They're just tiny, tiny AoE. Right? Pretty no, they're they're full power. So she hits as hard. <laughs> she she has a full AoE mage kit at the speed of a single target, speed and range of a single target mage. Right, right, right. And then her um. Sorry, her I thought yeah. for a moment she had drawback. No, she really Many doesn't. Things. Remember a while ago when we said love your off banner. Yes. Asia Fala was the off-banner in question, and I called her one of the most powerful <laughs> units, if not the most powerful unit in the game. Yes. Despite getting C.O.B., I still want Asia Fala really badly. She's that good. So, C.O.B. doesn't really do that. C.O.B. does the opposite. C.O.B. is a, uh... C.O.B. is a hardcore single-target mage, and she's got one skill for pure, raw, ultra-destructive damage, and two skills for utility. And we're going to start with the damage one because we have to go into her talent. Um, Siobi's whole thing is that she is a destroyer of armor. Uh, her built-in talent does extra damage according to the enemy's defense. She'll do 25% or, uh, or 40% extra uh, of the enemy's defense in extra magic damage for um, uh, at Elite 1 or Elite 2, respectively. Her second, now all of her skills, what they do, and this is so cool about her, is they actually, um, they actually change her target priority. So her second skill, this is her big marquee damage skill, 
automatically targets the heaviest, uh, not the heaviest, sorry, the highest armor enemy, highest defense enemy, uh, that's in her range. So what that ends up meaning is that she focuses the thing she has an automatic synergy against, and then her attack speed increases to, like, I think it was calculated out at 40% of her maximum, or sorry, 40% of her attack speed. So it goes that Smart quickly. We like yeah, basically she does to armored units what Exusii does to everything else, which is shoot the <laughs> ever just just rage on it until it's dead. Is it, it? It's it's really impressive. Um. Now her first skill, the one she starts with at no elite ranks, is just an automatic generation skill which targets an unblocked enemy and freezes it and does damage. That's pretty neat. That's cool. It's utility. It doesn't hurt. So if you're, dealing with, a, if you're dealing with a slow enemy in, in her range that isn't blocked yet, that's a good way to kind of stall it and let, let, everything, let the blockers get something down and get some extra room in their block queue. Yeah, if you're dealing with a slow enemy, you're not now dealing with a very slow enemy. Correct. And then the third skill is actually a mage killer, which is really weird to have on a mage. Um... The trick with it is, uh, she, uh, so the skill targets the lowest defense enemy, uh, uh, um, it converts her attack to physical, and silences whatever uh, it hits. Uh, okay, that's weird. That is weird. It basically turns her into a sniper for a while. Um, that's weird, but that's unique. It is very, very unique. unique. It is very weird. It doesn't Lapland synergize actually with... kind of Lapland actually kind of does the opposite. Like yeah. Her skill is an automatic uh, trigger upon attacking a certain number of enemies. So that's that's interesting. I hadn't I hadn't seen that part of her kit before. Yeah. Um so yeah, Siobi is either she is going to kill heavy armor things with great vengeance. Or she is going to do some cool utility stuff. But what this means is she's essentially a mission specialist. Like, you're not going to deploy her in general situations. At that point, you're probably going to want to stick with Amiya or with Nightmare. Or if you have Asia Fala, of course, because Asia Fala's that good. Of course. Um, I mean, Asia's good in almost any situation. Yeah, Asia is such a generalist. I can't think of many it. stages where she wouldn't be good. Um... And what that ends up meaning... Sounds, yes? Sounds like you've HF fallen for her. Ha. Ah, I wish I had her. I really do. Ha. Ah, that was bad. Oh, my ears. Um, yes, it was. So is very much a mission specialist. It also makes her very newbie unfriendly, because you've got to actually understand how target mechanics and all that stuff works, which is easier said than done for obvious reasons. Also yeah. means probably since you don't get the enemy information for stages before you've seen the enemies. So as you go through a stage, then you're not going to know, you know, what's coming next until you've already seen them. After you've, you know, seen all of the enemies, even if you don't beat the stage, then you're going to get that enemy information. So until you've seen the enemies, you may not necessarily know uh, if COB is going to be, you know, good there or not. Yeah. Or rather, if she'll excel there, she'll probably do fine. She just may not do as well as, you know, Ajo would. Pretty much. Uh, generally speaking, if you have a more generalist 
uh, single target mage, they're probably going to be better for first attempts, but um, at the same time, like, Siobi's... Siobi is strong enough to just handle that and not have a problem, so... Yeah. I, for one, am not too overly concerned. I'm glad to finally have a single target mage, because I never got Asia Fala, and that has been one of the bigger weaknesses in my uh, in my roster, so I finally have a good single target mage, and I'm glad it's someone who can shred specific enemies, uh, because I have a fair amount of generalists. Yep. Also, you know, obviously, everybody has Amiya, and she's good, but yeah. she does have some weaknesses that... Yeah, Amiya has some pretty severe drawbacks that have. make her kind of unreliable in higher tier... Uh, in higher tier... Um, environments yep so it's one of those things it's it's far from perfect but um but again cob against the right enemy is really cool and that's what we like we like we like the fact that it's so quirky and that probably against single target an actual single target um an actual single target uh, armored situation, Siobi's probably better than Asia Fala if properly leveled, just because she has all of that extra, like, extra damage buffs and extra utility. Sounds great to me. So, yeah. It, again, she's more of a mission specialist. She's not going to do the same thing Asia Fala will. Don't expect her to, but uh, if you're on the mission she specializes in, she will absolutely dominate. She's kind of similar to Ifrit in that regard. Slightly less uh, maniac and murder as well, I imagine. Yeah, um... few things in this game, aside from maybe Lapland, are as maniac and uh, murderous as Asia is. Pretty much. As Asia is, as Ifrit is. Ifrit, that, sorry, wrong name. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. Asia follows a sweetheart. Yeah, no, Asia's nice. She's cool. Yeah. Um... So, yeah, uh... Siobi is definitely a boss killer that you're very much... If you need a boss killer, she's very good. In fact, her mission profile, when you get down to it, is actually very similar to that of Schwarz. Because she puts a lot of damage on very specific enemies. Yep. Schwarz is just for... Well, Schwarz can kill pretty much anything uh, that we have at this point in the game with pretty relative ease, whereas Siobi is more for, like, armored enemies, and she'll have an easier time against armor than yeah. Schwarz will anyway. Yeah, pretty much. As I said, we're kind of in a, uh... We're kind of in a, like... It's a similar mission profile, but obviously it's not exactly the same, because no two yeah. units have exactly the same mission profile. And that's one thing that's so great about this game. They vary up the units, and, yeah. you know, they may have similar things that they do, but they... They will do them in different ways or to different effects. Yeah. Um, it's like, as I mentioned before, COB is a single target mage like Asia Fala, but they're completely different in their implementation. So using one or the other or using both, one isn't automatically better or worse than the other. COB isn't a troll if you already have Asia. Which is one of the things I really like about this game, is that everyone plays differently, everyone works differently, everyone has their uses, except maybe Scotty. Never going to get over the fact that he's so boring. <laughs> um, she Even she Although has boring, her uses, as I though, continue to say, does not mean bad. 
Nope. Nope. Um, it's so. a big old puzzle, and you have a lot of pieces at hand. Pretty much. Pretty much. Uh, and I think it's one of the things that makes the game really cool, because it's like, alright. Yeah. I, uh, I like how this ends up uh, coming out. I do. Turns out, depths of gameplay is a nice way to slow down power creep. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I would make the serious, honest argument that uh, there basically is no power creep in... Uh, yet. yet. It will come. It may. Like, we're deep into, uh, we're deep into Hong Kong, and seeing the future, I'm noticing that, uh, having seen the future, I'm noticing that they're still maintaining this design decision of, okay, they just released a new single target, um, not single target, they just released a new six-star tank, making our fourth six-star tank, and none of them do anything different. I mean, sorry. Ah! All of them do something different. All of them do something different, none of them do anything the same. I mix those two words up in those two sentences up in my mind and ended up uh, saying the exact opposite of what I meant. Go me! <laughs> Good morning, Galen. Good morning. More coffee. Why coffee, though? If I have to explain this to you, you've already <laughs> lost. Or one, depending on your perspective. No, you definitely, no, definitely lost. lost. <laughs> Only from your perspective. Yeah, but my perspective matters and counts. Um... Anyway, <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, cool new event, cool new banner. Uh, also, we're getting a hundred free stamina a day, which is nice. We like getting free energy and get to do more stuff without having to spend those valuable, valuable primes. Um, Ooh, I will probably have COB at Elite Two by tomorrow, so we're gonna get to see her on stream later this week. I want to say Monday, possibly Tuesday, but um, we're gonna get a chance to see her in action at her full, maybe not full, full potential, but very high up there. Fancy, fancy. And that's about all there is for Arknights. Just wanted to go over C.O.B. and how crazy her skill set was. It is wonderful. Sounds like it. I look forward to utilizing her. I don't have her personally, um, but uh, I'll look forward to using other people's. Well, I have mine shared, though, again, not E2 yet. I'm working on it. I'm down to just cash. Actually, there. over the course of this podcast, I finished getting her crafting mats together. Awesome. So, shall we move on from one strategic tower defense game to one strategic tactical game and talk a little bit about Fire Emblem Heroes? Sure. Kai, what do you have for us? So, let's see here. Apparently there's supposed to be a news regarding the next legendary hero, but I guess they're still trying to give us some time to think about it because... According to the event list for the month of August and early September, that the Legendary Hero banner will be on the 31st of the month. Okay. We still don't, we still don't know who it is, but we should, we're supposed to wait and see on what it'll be. Probably by later tonight, Pacific Time, which... <clears throat> excuse me which will be, or I'll be discussing on the next episode, but we've got an upcoming voting gauntlet, which features the Choose Your Legend, <coughs> Choose Your Houses units. They're pitting up against the heroes who are 
storyline-wise, possessed by evil, or became fallen, of dark, and sadistic. So, you've got four choices here. Dimitri, dark and sadistic? Who would have guessed? Okay, well, they're going to... Yeah, they're going to pit up against the evil characters, or let's say possessed characters, of each game, which is from other final games. So okay. It, Edelgard will pit up against Fallen Celica. Interesting. Shadows of, Shadows of Valentia. Dimitri will pit up against Fallen Burkut, also from Shadows of Valentia. Claude... Golden Deer fans will pit up against Takumi from Fire Emblem Fates. Of course, yeah, we know him as. His face. Of course, we got the betrayal in in their minds, and best girl Isithia pitting up against the possessed version of the young Tiki. Another young Tiki. Can we please get adult Tiki back? No, it's it's still this. It's still fallen Tiki, fallen young Tiki's from last year. We don't have a new Tiki yet as of before. It's still annoying. I'm. And I suppose this means that the Robin that is possessed by Grima is a bit too old to be featured in this gauntlet, right? Nah. I think they've I think they've done it before when I have left the game on other. No, okay, so features. yeah, no, so it was part of a project, which is why so this makes sense. Well, mm. perfect. Continue. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's see here. So you can still be able to summon the choose your legends year four heroes of your choice as your favorite. If you want to support them for the voting gauntlet, of course there will be rewards like orbs, divine codes if there is any, hero feathers, and much more as the competition goes on. And ho and hopefully I'll be tackling them up one by one, or maybe on the final final results on the next episode. So whoever is playing Fire Emblem Heroes and is listening to this podcast right now, let me let me tell you. Go for the deer, either Claude or Lysithia. <clears throat> there, keep your devotion to the golden deer, guys. I'm telling you. <laughs> okay, so nothing else is interesting so far, except we have a 2x SP event that's happening every weekend, so farm up those SPs for your unit skills. Okay. And and don't forget your daily hall, hall of forms, which you can also get orbs and dragon flowers this way. They'll be pretty useful. Okay. That that's all for the really rather short and interesting Fire Emblem Heroes topic. And let's go from an incredibly hyped game to a rather sad one. What's up, well, What do we got? Well, that. Part of the reason I feels I feel conflicted uh, today because of what I did with Valkyrie and Atomia. Yeah, okay. I th and I think this uh, is going to be our last discussion for this game. Oh, absolutely! Be precisely because the notice of termination announced that it would end on the either the last day of, of August, August. Or, yeah, and we are currently recording on the twenty ninth. 
So this yep. game may may or may not still continue to even exist by the time this episode is edited oh, no, and releases. It... Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I did what I said I do at the time of announcement and uh, caught up on every last bit of story the game had because that was the best uh, part of it. Yep. And boy, did they deliver to the end. Oh. Even though it's not the end of the story in a narrative standpoint, because the game still continues in JP. <laughs> and so the game's story continues, meaning that the uh, global version will have an unfinished story for good. At least they finished a season. They went all the way to have... Uh, Ragnarok start and eventually get interrupted by the bond between uh, Lenef, which is revealed to be pretty much the true trigger of, of uh, Ragnarok and uh, whose function is not only to deal the world the last blow but also to decide the first spark of the next world. Which fits uh, in with what happened in Valkyrie Profile 1. Exactly. And it turns out that's very much her intended, intended function. Interesting. Something, that Star, uh, something yeah. that Star Ocean and Amnesis never even did to finish a story arc. At least Valkyrie Anatomia was able to finish at least one story arc. Yeah, a season, they call it. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, it's all told uh, from uh, this uh, mysterious old man in a cave, uh, which uh, is uh, revealed indeed to be just like everyone suspected Odin. Uh, I'm but surprised the about the plot twist regarding the ending of season one for this game. I'm still surprised. Well, um, which plot twist are you talking about? Uh, Laneth being the one who triggers Ragnarok. Ragnarok. Well, that's yeah, not that's... really a plot twist. Again, it's just a recontextualization of what we've already seen from the very first Valkyrie profile. It's not like I even went and said, "Oh, that sounds familiar." And all I'm told now is that it's actually intended. Really, the twist is more than that. Lenef's bond with her and Heriar essentially cancels the Ragnarok. Oh, and that means that season two is uh, where it lands after that, because uh, Lenef is out of order completely, as are most of the gods after being hunted down to almost the last by the humans led by Emperor Shiro II. Wow. Uh, which is why it's a problem when uh, the old man telling the tales of the end of the world uh, realizes that one people in his audience in this cave turns out to be a commander of the Trachian army. Huh. Wow. Yeah, it sounds Which problematic. Which is how yeah, eventually he ends up captured and scheduled for execution uh, many, many years later. Uh, and Yikes. he is either he is indeed completely powerless or because of the whole acquiring all the wisdom of the world and first learning that fighting is futile, uh, is unwilling to exert any of his power. Uh, that, that doesn't mean he does get executed, however, uh, and he ends up rescued by 
a Moonin of all people, which leveled up and became ruler of Niflheim. <laughs> wow. And some sort of edgy, one-winged angel guy swooping in to the rescue. Sure. Uh, but That's not before Odin managed to deliver one of the coolest one-liner, uh, because uh, if you remember, Sheila the second after uh, an incident during a fight mm-hmm. ended up having the left part of his face burned and thus covered in a mask. And Odin lost his left eye, which is why it makes sense both physically and in uh, mentality-wise when he tells uh, Shilo fashioning himself more and more as the only god of humanity, uh, remember my face well. One morning you will look in the mirror, and my face will be looking back at you. Essentially threatening him that if he continues with his god complex, he's going to become another Odin. Including the worst part of it. Fun. Yeah. And then. And here I thought Odin was getting back to his penchant for body jacking, like he was trying to do in. uh, Well, sort of preparing to do at any rate in VP2. Yeah. No, he he is brilliant in his uh, air that he is pretty much completely above the plot. Sure. Also, they even include a character which is pretty much an off-brand lizard uh, that uh, gives uh, yeah that gives uh, Shiro the seconds. Uh, uh, Valkyrie name Alice the ability to become a real Valkyrie-like entity by performing inhuman experiments that gets him locked in a dungeon and then unlocked because he is too smart to be locked away. Yeah, that does sound like a low rent. Uh, that does sound like a low rent Lazard. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, pretty much. How is that not actually Lazard? I know, right? It's not even Lazard at all when I think about it. That's serious. Yeah, no, he just. Yeah. Are we sure this isn't a young clone of Lazard? Oh, yeah, absolutely not sure, and we'll never know. That's the problem. The strangest part, if he is actually Lazard, is that his plan regarding Alice isn't making her any more like Lenef. The ones that do work on a Lenef clone of sorts is the Vanirs, the remainder of which are in Niflheim, led by Munin, and are working on a Valkyrie on their own, because as it turns out, when you're in literal hell, you have a lot of souls to work with for your experiments. Okay. Because just because there's no more Valkyrie doesn't mean the slain don't descend to hell. Actually, I'm and pretty so sure it means the exact opposite. It means they would all end up going to Niflheim because there's no one to guide exactly. them to Valhalla. Exactly, which doesn't isn't really a problem because Valhalla is empty. Huh. And so instead, they are using these souls to try to go one step further than just remaking uh, this world's Valkyrie Lenef and to remake Roglinda. The one that essentially inspired Lenef, uh, and the one Sephiroth was uh, an Amordric. Okay. 
there are a lot more details, a lot more cool twists and, and turns, but uh, yeah, the point is that the story is still really good. Yeah. And uh, for all the faults of this game, I wanted to take some time to remember this part. No, I think that's I think that's a good thing. I think that's appropriate. I think um, yeah. Valkyrie, its best parts were always its creatives. Exactly. And it's a shame that they treated it as badly as they did and never gave it a chance yeah. to grow. And uh, I have to say, though, it's certainly a strange experience to connect to a game in its last few days. Yeah. Uh, the first strangest thing that you uh, can see, uh, even before even launching the game, I thought this was just uh, because I hadn't updated it. But no, it still has the logo from the first anniversary. Oof. Written in golden letter. <sighs> Almost tauntingly. So it sounds like what I did with Mobius on the day before the final day. Yikes. Yeah, except Mobius didn't have. Yeah, we. Happy birthday, us as the logo. Ah, right. <laughs> that is that yeah. is painful, is what that is. But, and but having to update obviously... it, but having to update it on the day before the final day, and then it shuts down. It's really sad to yeah. catch up, yeah. make your final farewells, and. Off you go. And there's other strange stuff too, like for instance, there's no active event. They're just rolling the usual weekly bosses, this time all at once, uh, and uh, giving us uh, 3,000 gems a day, and here's a banner with 30% artifact rate, and uh, go wild, everything is, is uh, up there. No, just kidding. The five-star extra premium special units are still zero point zero three percent chance. Yikes! Yikes, uh, indeed. Uh, at this point, it just doesn't seem right to expend energy complaining about that. That was a very poor change, and they clearly paid for it. Yep, and took it to that room. It's it's a real shame that a game this creatively interesting and poignant ended up going the way that it did on a mechanical level. Yeah. I wish it had more of a chance than it did, but I can't say I'm sorry to see it go. I'm pretty much the same there. And I think that's almost the biggest tragedy of Valkyrie Anatomy, of just how much potential it had. Yes. The story, uh, if they could managed to find a way to just take the three, I would like, I would play the visual novel or I would read the online transcript of the plot in a heartbeat. And I'm not a big reader, but that's a very good story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it just wasn't necessarily attached to a very good game. Which is the shame, because sometimes actually what you just said at least in that term, was my exact thought of FF7 Remake, in fact. Yeah. Well, then. Yeah. It, it's it's just a wonderful cinematic experience that I absolutely adored everything about except actually playing it. <laughs> um, well, there's this, this under-commercial element which really drove it over the edge for me. 
Uh, we'll I just don't know. have to enjoy. We'll just have to enjoy the game in, in its final moments, as always. I mean, well, some of y'all will. I'm not locking back in. I'm good and done. And I did what I wanted to do. You did. And I'm glad you did, and I'm glad you got to experience that, because that was the best part of the game, and I'm glad we got to give it the tribute it's due, at least briefly. Yes. Indeed. Another game, though, that had uh, certainly commercial problems right at launch was Pokemon Masters. So I mean... Oh, yes. Yeah. Something is quite awkward. Yeah, what? I, something just got launched. I saw some sort of news for it and was like half awake, so I didn't care all that much. But what's going on with Pokemon? Well, what's going on is that they are reaching their first anniversary. They've been around and... that long? Yep, it's already been a year now. Oh, wow, my poor brain. All right, so what's Crazy. going on with that? Well, what's going on is that, uh, I mean, I'm not actively playing, and I don't know anyone that is, so we can't really give you the inside information, but I I have the Pokemon newsletters somehow, haven't unsubscribed from it. I guess the pace they send news is reasonable enough that I never cared to do so. Fair enough. That's a good uh, sign, at least. Yeah. And uh, they have uh, went apparently through some system changes, uh, some sort of power level. The way they described it with uh, a change in outfit for old launch units uh, almost seemed like a new visions upgrade, honestly. <laughs> and they reflected to the point where they are changing the name of the app. Yeah. Uh, it's now Pokemon Master EX. They're changing Yikes. the name of... Okay. They've, yeah, they've just added to add the, EX to it. They have added the EX to it. This is almost looks like the, Dissidia, FFB... Oh. Uh, no, that's not what it looks like to me. The way it looks like to me, mm -hmm. honestly, is a way to try and draw back in people that saw the game at launch and were like, oh, this is actually really stingy and kind of bad. Yeah, I remember we talked about that. Uh... So much for the producer had to produce an apology letter. Oh, wow! Yay! That's something. Yeah, that hurts. And and my guess is that essentially, but by changing the name of the app and sending this big news, uh, they essentially trying to pull off an Aurel Reborn. Okay. Which, yeah, which is uh, to provide context. Final Fantasy fourteen when it launched was a terrible MMORPG. Yeah, the original launch was an utter disaster. I was watching a lot of YouTube videos where they were just thrashing this thing. Basically a dumpster Yeah, and uh, they just dropped a moon on it, literally. Literally. And, uh, uh, and uh, called the, the first kind of expansion that was more of a complete rework, Aram Reborn. And it sounds like this is not nearly as drastic a change, but they're trained the name change to say, hey, this is kind of a new experience compared to what it was at launch. It's to the point where, like, I'm a more recent 14 player. I don't even consider ARR, A Realm Reborn, an expansion. It's just, that's vanilla, is what that is. Yeah, that's how most people see it. Um, 
but technically it's like in World of Warcraft the Cataclysm was uh, put in place of Burning Crusade. Yeah. Which would have meant we would have lost our best expansion, which is sad, but well, whatever. Well, then Burning Crusade would have been in place of Cataclysm. Then Wrath would have still which happened. Which would make sense, because the fourth expansion in FF14 is the one where you go to another world. Yeah, mm. The plot goes deeper. Well, yeah, the fourth uh, expansion in 14 is the one, but by your logic, the third would be where you go to um, another world in WoW. This is getting to be a dumb conversation. Let's move on. Yes, yes. Let's move on. Uh, so, uh, as I've said, I don't have any inside information, it, but uh, maybe if you like the idea of Pokemon Masters, but didn't like what the game state it might be worth checking out again. Yeah, I would love to if hear what sort thing. of changes they made, because I remember originally I was just like, ooh, this sounds awful. <laughs> yeah, the original state of the game was, shall we say, not great. Yeah. I would I would love to hear if this update is successful, how successful it was, what got changed. I'd love to get a report on this. Unfortunately, none of us play it. I don't think any of us are going to play it. I could try and check it out, but I make no guarantee. Uh, Honestly, I think our best chance would be if Ryan would be willing to take the dip, since I know he was the one that played it the longest. Yeah, uh, we'll reach out to him and see if he can see if we can make that work, and he can give us a report. I think that that would probably be the way to go. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, if this is a big change, then it's always worth exploring and seeing what it is they're capable of, and I, for one, am at least interested to see what they're trying. Whether or not it succeeds is a whole other conversation, obviously. Oh, yeah. Yeah, certainly respect at the very least, given the way the gacha games market is, but they're trying to fix the game rather than just throw it away and get a brand new one. You know, like Valkyrie. Like Valkyrie. <laughs> like Valkyrie. <laughs> well, rest in peace, Valkyrie Anatomia. A lot of yep. people, a lot of people I may have played for the story, enjoyed the last moments. As for Pokemon no, no, Man, and please, enjoy your we cannot... new life, Pokemon Masters, and I hope you actually turn into a game people enjoy. Yeah. And oh, uh, with that, let's go ahead and uh, move on to uh, War Divisions. Move on to War of the Visions. What do we got? We got an, another Final Fantasy Tactics collab. Yay! Yes, is here! How is Agrius? Well, Tell me she's good. Well, there's other units, too. None that matter. <laughs> I knew it. Hey, no. Honestly, Derita's LB animation is really cool looking. What skill? I'm sure it is, but he's not Agrius. What does she do? Tell me about her. Are you well, sure you don't want to save does... the best for last, Galen? Uh, you know what? That's a good point. All right, let's talk about Delita and whoever else. Funny thing, uh... funny thing. Delita's name in the War of Divisions, you know, the epitaph, it's called One Who Has Not. That actually makes sense, considering the story yeah. of tactics. That seems like it's the early one where he's still... 
while a squire is still, you know, a commoner and thus looked down upon and messed with. So that actually yeah. that makes and sense. Yeah, but he's a commoner design and his job one is squire. Okay, so... Even though to, fair point. To be clear, and that's something they clarified uh, in the video uh, where they announced it, uh, well, his job name Squire is the same as Ramza. It's not technically the same job and doesn't use the same enhancement materials as as Ramza Squire. That makes sense. Yeah, the same in name, but neither in logo nor in uh, actual function. Yeah, the leader is more of an offensive type. Or am I wrong? Uh, I think Awen not... would agree oh. with you that the leader is offensive. <laughs> I don't hate the guy. Just because no, he's I mean, the aggriest. The, 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 the type of damage he does as a... Or I mean, the role he does as a squire. I mean, if Ramza is support-based... Again, if I'm wrong. Uh, so, talking about the units themselves, let's start with Mysterio. Um, okay. He's an Earth Elemental MR rarity, so that's one rank and uh, you are right and uh he is a machinist with secondary jobs as ranger and thief that sounds about right though thief is an interesting i don't know rogue actually sounds like it might be a good fit for him now that i think about it i might have to try that next time i do a tactics playthrough anyway go on <laughs> uh so basically he's a gun guy of course shocked but unlike the main gun users we have which are lucia and frederica uh, Mustadio isn't really the best at dealing just raw damage. What he's good at is inflicting a lot of status ailments along with his shot. That actually sounds a lot like Mustadio in general. Yeah, so. that's exactly. seal evil. Seal evil, for instance, which inflicts petrify. Uh, he has power shot to inflict blind. He has arm shot to inflict disable. That's pretty Mustadio for me. That seal sounds very Mustadio, yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, Don't should things get illegal. status effects along with it? Okay. And for his TMR, you have Besrudio, which is uh, again with 103 attacks, some HP, a lot of accuracy, but uh, it lowers your evasion. Uh, so, it makes you more accurate evasion. and enemies more accurate. Exactly. Everyone's more accurate. So that actually kind of makes sense because he was more of a sniper than he was a dodger. So I kind of I kind of get yeah. that. You kind of do need to protect the guy. Yes, you do. Okay. So he fills kind of this uh, niche which makes him actually an interesting character even at his rarity. Uh, which makes it a shame that unlike Gefgarion uh-oh. Uh, he oh. is not automatically available. Oh. He is part of the banner at a normal rate, but you have to pull for him. Oh. Yikes. So, then you have Delita, uh, which is uh, part of... Uh, well, the banner is uh, spread into two, with uh, one that focuses on Agrius and one that focuses on Delita, wait, depending wait, Delita on your what? preference. What is it? Delita Hyral. Oh, okay. Uh, so, 
He is the Fire Elemental Squire with secondary job as a soldier and a paladin. Okay. And uh, he hurts a lot. He has stone throw, but that doesn't matter anymore because we can actually disable the skill. Yep, Thank you, you very can, much. Uh, you can have him not chuck a rock. Yep. He <laughs> has some decent status effects as well, like cleansing straight to inflict doom, a crush accessory to just suck up on the enemy's AP. He really shouldn't have these moves yet. That's chapter 2 deleted, not chapter 1 deleted. But go on. Mm. Apparently he wasn't aware. He also <laughs> has the ability to lower fire resist with his Karma Blade. Karma Blade. Wait, if his limit burst is... Hallowed Bolt, why is he fire elemental? Uh, because it's not hallowed enough. That's all. Also... Also, Ramza already have the spot, so Delita, being a have-not, could not have the holy elemental attribute. Not. <laughs> okay, that just... Mechanical tie-ins. Cool. Uh, so, more seriously now. Uh, he also has, when if you get his uh, uh, square as his main job, he randomly has a magical move in Fireregger Blade. Okay, how's it? Does his magic stat work with yeah. that at all? Uh, no. Okay. Because he has bad magic. Yikes. But it's there, I guess. Okay, so that's a but movie you're going to want to disable by the sounds of it, yeah. Exactly. Cool. Which you can now. Which you can now. Being and able to do things is nice. He is pretty much Orlando without a base. That makes sense, I guess, considering that it sounds like he's really taken after, again, Chapter 2, Holy Night to lead us, so. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he sounds like he's a good addition oh, to any team. Yeah. Uh, of note regarding Orlando, uh, the previous units are also available as part of these banners, uh, and uh, you can get some shards uh, from uh, even the even currency. Uh, meaning that if, for instance, you have an or you have an Orlando that is thirty shards from being maxed out, but you couldn't max out his time, now you can. This sounds like you know this from personal experience. And now I did. Okay. <laughs> I'm like that sounds like an oddly specific scenario, so I'm sure that's not just hypothetical. <laughs> yes. I'm sure everyone who is dying to get their Orlando's MOB will not have a chance to do so. Yeah. Very nice. Alright. So, enough teasing you around, let's talk about Agrius. One of my favorite Final Fantasy ladies of all time. I love this girl. Lady Agrius Oaks. Yup. Uh... Very rarely, especially in Final Fantasy, do you see a girl in heavy armor who's clearly a girl who's just a flat-out attacker. Like, they don't make any bones about it. She is one of the most interesting characters in the early part of FF Tactics, and in War of the Lions, you could turn her into almost as powerful as Orlando. Um, I want to hear if they, if she... Okay, first I'm going to ask the obvious question. Stasis, stasis Sword. Crush Punch. Um, Hallowed Bolt. 
Holy explosion, and uh, I'm missing one. It, it seems to be divine ruination. Holy explosion and divine ruination. I'm using the old translations for Agrius because they like calling a stasis sword instead of whatever that one was. Which is the uh, one that became right. Northwind Strike? Doesn't matter. Tell me about her. Does, uh, does she have her moves? List, uh, I will just list uh, her main jobs, uh, skills then. Sure. Princess World Guard. No friend strike. Good. Harold Bolt. Good. Judgment Blade. Good. Talisman. Good. Wall Guard's Protection. Full Break. And I Believe in You. Okay. Uh, I Believe in You being originally in JP, a buff uh, for attack and magic to a melee ally of your choice. Uh, uh, but in GL, she dis they decided that she can cheer girls too. Good. Hashtag feminism. Uh, pause. Yes. I want to watch this video you just showed me. By all means. Me too, me too, me too. Considering the light text in the moon rooms, is it really divine oh. ruination? Yeah, that's that's holy explosion. That's old school yep. holy explosion. Yep, because of the light text, the second one. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Uh, unpause. Alright, so... It didn't sound like she had stasis sword, and that's kind of her, like, signature move there. Did I miss that, or...? The, yeah, uh, does, he, does she have that? Uh, no, if you want to inflict stuff, you have to use Judgment Blade for that. Oh, that's the translation version of stasis sword. Oh, okay. Judgment, judgment Blade. I, All right. Yeah. In, in, in Agrius's case, I, I do tend to use the new translations of uh, the uh, Holy Knight moves. Two but in Agrius's case, I like calling it Stasis Sword. To be perfectly fair, since I didn't pull for her, because even if Agrius is really cool, she is still a limited unit. Yeah, we all know how that turns uh, out in that game. Yeah. So, I am going off the wiki. And the wiki is going on a, lo of a lot of translated by hand JP information. For instance, the changes to I Believe in You is not reflected in the wiki's information. Cool. No, um, I'm glad there. I, I I wanted to bring this up the last couple of times this was brought up. Uh, I'm actually really glad they're removing uh the gendered buffs. Yeah, like, that's always bothered me. I certainly me. don't mind that. Yeah. So having Agrius be more generalist and not requiring her to give her support to a dude, I'm like that sends a bad message. Yeah. And isn't I'm, Agri isn't Agrius mostly female related? I mean. Just like in FFBE, where she can only cover female allies. Um, sort of? I, I, I will say, she and Ramza did get real close, and Mustadio clearly had a big crush on her. Oh yeah, of course. Not so, to mention the birthday event. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I'm... I, I crush on her, because he can use crush accessory. I get it. <laughs> you did that, not me. <laughs> um, so, yeah, no, it, 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 it just, it doesn't, it doesn't feel right for Japan basically to go, well, she's here to buff guys, and I'm like, that was never Agrius's job and tactics, chill out, and now they're like, she can buff anyone, okay, you know what, I'm a lot more, I'm a lot more cool with that. <laughs> Alright, her main job isn't even a buffer, folks. Uh, she is mostly used as a tank. 
What's her element? Uh, ice. She is ice element. That actually makes sense, considering Stasis Sword or Judgment Blade or whatever you call it has that, like, ice look to it. So I get that. Yeah. Uh, Though she should also have Thunder and Holy that... Damage for what should be obvious reasons. Yeah. Uh, but here it's all ice, baby. Okay. Okay. Uh, so, uh, her TMR reflects Wait. her world pretty well, because it's a big old armor with 488 HP, which is big. That sounds pretty And big. a lot of spirits, and the ability to self-bestow both Protect and Shell. Nice! Which is pretty much halving all of the damage from the next three moves. Uh, say, uh, Rana, the, the, yes? does it have the lipstick available with this event? I mean... No. Uh, I was ex- I was expecting Agrius's TMR to be the Tyner Rude. Nope, it's her armor. Uh, I see. It's still it's still pretty thick. Thick and tops, HP. Uh, so regarding her ball as a tank, she has a skill such as World Guard's protection for that, which isn't uh, toned or covered directly but helps by providing a magical damage barrier for all allies within an area. Ooh. The area being right around her. She also has, as a counter ability, literally defend. Okay. Which literally defends. I'm shocked. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's got a full break, just in case you need to lower all stats. Uh, this does mean, though, that if you want to taunt with her, you need to set her as a paladin, which does have taunting blade. Okay. In which case, you lose on the airy barrier. Interesting. So she's almost more of a support if you go that route. Yeah. Okay. And then her third job is cleric. In case you want to go more support. Which what kind of which is healing she got. Uh, just a cure. As far as clerics go, she's uh, she is a support even as a cleric, not a healer. She has a basic cure, and the rest is uh, damage that lowers a agility, damage based on magic, uh, Izuna, light resist up, dark resist up. Okay. So it does sound like she's sort of all the way between attacker, defender, and uh, support. Like, she can bounce between those jobs. Sounds like she yeah, as offensively much. focuses Delita, which makes sense, but still has quite a few good offensive moves, including Judgment Blade and her LB, which is good. So, I like what I'm seeing. Yeah. She is apparently a very solid character. And Probably the most prized of this banner, not just because of her style, but because uh, what she provides uh, is uh, more in demand than uh, Delita's uh, status effects uh, or the like. Well, there we have it. Mm-hmm. Good luck to whoever's going to summon for Agrius then. Yeah. And one nice thing, uh, I mean, I shouldn't say it's one nice thing, it's more one 
bad thing they thankfully didn't do okay. is yes. that even for this limited banner, they still have the pity system introduced with Kilfer, where if you don't get any uh, UR unit in a pool, including these limited pools, you get the gauge. If you get it to full, the next gauge has a UR guaranteed. Good. Good. I'm glad they still have that. Yeah, if they keep that, then that's good, especially for you know limited time stuff. Doesn't guarantee you any la- like specific unit, but yeah. The closest we've got to guaranteeing a specific unit is uh, a step up that is paid only, that is three steps on the third step after six thousand head lapis. You get a UI guaranteed from the collaboration, which could be Ramsar Orlando. <laughs> oh no! Ah. Oh wow, that is brutal. Uh, how much in real money, roughly, is six thousand paid, Vizior? Too much is what it is. Okay. Yikes! Ah, uh, Board of the Vision, stop this! Stop! This is not okay! Ugh! What is okay is free stuff! We like free stuff. What's up? Free st- As this uh, deep uh, analysis podcast said once before, free stuff good. Yeah! It's always good. Uh, so, so, basically, World Divisions looked at uh, FFBE saying he's a free 10 plus 1 every week and said, hold my drink of choice and gave at free 10 plus 1 every day for the next two weeks, not up until October, obviously. Uh, but what's interesting about it, on top of the fact that it's there and that's nice, okay. is that uh, they have uh, a way to stack them. Which is that even if you uh, don't want to pull all of your free summons right now and want to wait until the last day and summon 150 units in a row, you can stack up on this summon. Okay. So, I mean, you can save up those summons until the last day and summon them all together. Exactly. That's a pretty nice build-up for RNG, but you said limited time are not included? Oh, no, I didn't say it, but they're not included. Uh, and by the way, I am in the Vizio shop right now. Uh, it's unfortunate because they literally don't even have natively a pack big enough to include 6,000 ped la- oh, Vizio. Oh, man. The biggest is 5,000 ped Vizio at 90 euros. Yeah. Oh! That's how much it that's about a hundred bucks, maybe a hundred ten. Yikes! Yikes! Yep, and that's not even enough for get. Oh my god, that is brutal. Wow. War of Yikes. Visions, what are you doing? That's a terrible. Uh, well, certainly making things complicated if you want to wait out. Yeah. Uh, I almost feel like they- this is discouraging whaling, which is hilarious because it looks like it's doing the exact opposite. They do try to balance things out, though, with things like uh, the free pools or other initiatives. 
Wait, uh, what? One is that they have changed the daily quests. Now it's better. You get more rewards. You get twice as much with your per day. Good. You get three times as much uh, upgrade materials every day as well. Eee, nice. You get more resources from doing a variety of stuff, and some of it is uh, more accessible if it's just one of these days where you just want to do your chores and get on with it. So that's pretty nice. Uh, but most significantly, they've added uh, two challenge boards. Uh, one is uh, related to the events and gives you Mustadio shards and the like. Okay. Uh, which was to be expected, pretty much. And the other is a permanent addition for new players, where you get from doing some simple missions, uh, uh, free shadow links from every for everyone. And then you have missions related to enhancing her in various ways that eventually unlock another board and then another board. If you finish the first and second board, you get a free ticket with a UR guaranteed. And on the third board, you even get a very specific UR unit guaranteed, which is Medina. Meaning that every player that does enough tasks for three days gets a Medina, period. I see. And then some ways to enhance her. I seem to recall that Medina was very good. Yeah, Medina, I mean, she's fun enough because right now mages aren't really researched and sought after, I mean. Uh, but Medina was sought after from the start because of something she still really does very well, and that's farming. Okay. Because her LB fires off right away, and it's in a huge AoE. And she's still very good at that, and that's not going to change any day, anytime soon. Mm-hmm. And now everyone can get her. Plus a few bits of equipment for her to get a platinum rod and likes. It's nice. It's a nice addition, I think. Yeah, getting the choice of unit is pretty cool, too. Yep. Everybody's also getting Medina would be pretty nice. Yeah. It is. And on that, that is it for World Visions, and we can be willed towards this week's topic. Yep, it's a big cluster of stuff in World Divisions, so good luck with Agrias. Anyway... How do uh, so, we got... Hmm, yeah, Des? So for this week's topic, we're actually looking at kind of the ways that gotchas try to hook you or reel you in. Basically, how they encourage you to either continue playing if mm-hmm. you start the game or to begin spending in the game um, through, you know, various things. So what do you guys think about this? What do you think are some of the most common ways that they try to, you know, reel you in. Generally... Two things. Generally speaking... One, I go... Okay. No, no, go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Let's figure this out. Too polite. Who's going first? Okay, fine. I'll go. Go. Two things. One, I got the unit I wanted. Two, game is fun. That was how it worked for... Uh, FFB in particular, I got the unit I wanted, which was any unit from the new Automata collab. Right. And then I played the game, and it turns out it's a pretty good game. You see, for me, I actually... I know... 
I know from, uh, but beforehand, uh, I played a lot of uh, Record Keeper, even before that uh, Terror Battle. Terror Battle didn't really get any really fancy things when it came to pool, mm -hmm. but the game was pretty fun, so I played it for a while. Record Keeper, it was pretty fun for a while, and then things got uh, pipped up, and they've added more and more systems that made it uh, uh, less and less... Uh, engaging to stay along with right uh and yeah i think the best food and the best way to keep me in a game is if your main game system is fun you need solid foundations yeah um you see for me like i will spend a fair bit of time as a free-to-play in most games that i play of these though admittedly the only one i played was Arcanites, and that one I didn't even bother free to play with. I put a dollar down for Gummy immediately. Um, but... Love at first sight. A little bit, but it was a dollar for a really good unit to start the game with. A dollar. Mm -hmm. One dollar. Unos dollares. Exactly. A big, a big deal. It's a really big deal. Yeah. So, by the way, I do not speak Spanish. No. Perfectly clear. Clearly, that was not... <laughs> clearly, that was not accurate Spanish. I'm like, I'm not even... I live in LA, I hear a lot of Spanish. I may not speak it, but I, I know correct when I hear it, and that wasn't. Not yeah. that it matters, because the joke was there. Um, Generally speaking, for me, unfortunately, and this is kind of where I get caught in my own trap, when a game gets its hooks into me... I start considering spending when I feel like I'm at a disadvantage for not. And I think the environment of most gacha games really kind of um, really kind of sets that up in that way. Mm -hmm. um, and tries to make you feel like, yeah, you could do good free-to-play, but why don't you try putting a little money in the pot and see what some skin in the game gets you? Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, I do and have fallen victim to that. Um, it's very insidious, too. Because when I feel like I can't... The biggest one for me is when I feel like I can't catch up to my friends. Regardless of whether or not I they're mean, spending. And I'm like... The social element is a big reason why these games work. Yeah. Indeed. And I feel like that's almost one of the ways that it's designed to get you. I feel like it's one of the ways this genre is designed to poke at you. Mm -hmm. um, Which is why they really should invest more in the community management. They really should. Um, now again, Arknights does it different because I am very not tempted to pay for polls at all. Like, that's just never been a thing that's been a real factor. Mm -hmm. I bought... So I'd say in a way that before things were different, but since you uh, realized there was a problem with the risk of spending, uh, essentially a game not being too aggressive with the monetization becomes a hook. A little bit, um, but it's also different what I'm buying. You see, before when I was getting into it, it was mostly about gambling addiction, but. This time around, with Arknights and specifically, I'm okay putting money here and there, 
for things that aren't gambling. I don't pay for pulls. I pay for costumes, which you just purchase and then have permanently, regardless of whether or not you have the character. Mm -hmm. And um, refreshes, which get you more playtime. That's absolutely guaranteed. You don't gamble on refreshes. You you hit the refresh button and you get what you're going to get out of that. Um, yep. Which I do find to be a lot healthier, all told. So it, it has its hook in me a very different way. It has its hook by being a more friendly game. And that I would have effectively the same amount of units I would have if I were 100% free-to-play, with the exception of one extra gummy for a dollar. I think what I'm getting from it is that both in the game's design, in the game's release space when it comes to event, and in the game's way it monetizes things, it's low pressure. It is. This game very much is low pressure, yes, Arknights. Des, uh, why don't you tell us uh, about how did Beast of Adgetcha hooked you or will you in? Um, you know what? Honestly, for me, um, I think one way that I think in general that they pull you in is whenever you're starting the game, right? Yeah. They usually have like some kind of a like a quest. Uh, system or reward system where you know as you progress through the game then you know you get stuff right um, like a that, free Medina. right or whether that's leveling up uh, and getting you know rewards from that um, but beginners it, bonuses mm -hmm, exactly so as you as you kind of go in then they're like oh you know they kind of get you used to um having the ability to like pull more or get you used to having the ability to um to you know to play more because you're having more more uh of the you know the energy system uh that the game gives you know so in particular i remember in grand blue fantasy uh i literally could not spend my stamina faster than i gained her Right, and I gained it, and that's usually because every time I did a couple of stages and expanded a little bit of stamina, I regained a full bar because mm -hmm. I ranked up. Yeah, and I think that's one way that a lot of these games do it. You know, it it's not gonna it, it. There's kind of I think a lot of different ways that they try to reel people in, um, and so for some people, that's gonna be hey, oh hey, you know the the pace of this game is really good because you know i'm getting a lot of sanity or for others i'm i'm able to pull a lot because you know as a, the first time i clear each stage i'm getting you know extra pull currency or whatnot um how about you kite what do you yeah. think is uh, kind of one of the ways that the games have pulled you in the music it's always been the music interesting the music huh okay because there are some games that has really good soundtracks and prior to playing FFPE at the time, I literally cried upon hearing the battle theme, and it just got me into playing the game at least once. Mm -hmm. But it was not the same with Fire Emblem Heroes, because when I got, like, from a friend, got me to play Fire Emblem Heroes at the time, and they said, oh, hey, hey, Kai, 
I guess around. Do you want to go around and play if I will hear us during the Hero Fest manner? I said, yeah, sure. And they helped me in with the details on how to summon, and it's incredibly different than the other gacha games I've played, so... After getting Ike, with the help of a few friends who helped me start up, I got, I got hooked and started to play it, and slowly over time, even even though the rewards are really plentiful, at mm-hmm. least there's a lot of campaigns going on. I I begin to hook up, hook on with how the game works, and for the past three or two and a half years that I played Fire Emblem Heroes, I still uh, I still like it. But around the time they went to to book three and book four, it's obvious that. What got me into the most was the music. Okay. Shoutouts to Noriyasu Agamatsu for FBE. That soundtrack is really good. Yeah. Yeah. See, I was a big fan of his previous works for Carol Springs, and uh, yeah, he does not disappoint in it. Season. Season. I really like the season, main battle theme. Season 3's overworld oh. theme just literally got me teared up. So every time I hear it in the overworld when doing season three quest, there's always tears in my eyes. Now, cool. Space in the chat is talking a lot about character art and how much does character art and character design draw you into uh, draw you into one of these games? Because I gotta actually, I actually gotta say. To be honest, the character designs are actually kind of a big factor for me. It's just not what I tend to think about so much. But that's just me starting the game to begin with. Um, FFBE had the sprite work and bringing to life a lot of old school Final Fantasy characters and even 3D ones who got beautifully ported back down to 2D. Um, That was a factor. I love Arknight's character designs. I've been very open about that. How often is that a factor in getting into these games? Uh, I imagine it's uh, often a factor a lot, but for me, I don't think that really applies. Uh, it's something that can, like, enhance a game I'm already interested in, but uh, uh, I know that if if the foundation isn't there, if the main gameplay loot isn't something I, I enjoy, I will simply not stay in the game for long. Yeah. Even if it has, as has been mentioned in Spacebird's command, top tier waifus. <laughs> yep. Fair enough. Um, Fire, Emblem, Fire Emblem Heroes also has a lot of character art design made by various artists. So, fan service is also a thing there. Yeah. yeah. That uh, Bailiff and Rhea Dionetis. Woof! Yeah! Oh dear. I can't stand it! Alright, alright. This is a family-friendly show, y'all. Yeah. Let's uh, let's tone it down, maybe. Just We're just it. talking about a family-friendly game. <laughs> we do. We do. Um. But yeah, I mean, there's a reason why they, as you've said, invite guest artists and... Uh, generally spend a lot of work uh, with uh, fleshing the characters because while the fundamental system is uh, 
something that matters a lot to me and that is overall very solid. The fundamental systems of a game do not have a face. The characters do, and a lot of time that face is going all the way up to the app's icon. Yeah. So they've True. got to they've got to have that, I think. Yeah. You, you you In order to draw players in, I think these games do need I don't know. Uh I'm I'm trying to put my I'm trying to put my thoughts to the words here. I graphics are clearly important. Obviously they're not the be all end all, but as a hook, as getting someone hooked in, as getting them reeled in to start in with the ecosystem. I think graphics are kind of underestimated in how important they are, or at the very least, not talked about to the same degree. Mm -hmm. I think that's partly true, but this applies to a pretty thick fringe of the population, uh, uh, but that not all Gacha players search the same thing from the games. True. We know, for instance, that Geisterfruits. uh, which has been, I guess, a couple of times on this show, yep. is a player that is very much a collector at heart. Right. And so I imagine there's a lot of a lot more emphasis on the character design uh, for his interests than for mine. I will say also that um, I've found different things to kind of pull me in in different games, right? Generally, obviously, if the game isn't that fun, and in the most of the gameplay, I'm really probably not going to play it for that long. Uh, that's definitely exactly. one of the very important things that I look for in a game. But then, you know, uh, I actually had fun with the like the guild uh, battles in um, Sino Hours, but you know that by itself wasn't enough to hold. Uh, my interest in the game for very long. Mm. Uh, another thing that I'm noticing is kind of each of us has our own different uh, things that we're, that are kind of pulling us into these games. So games not only have to have, you know, good design and whatnot, they also have to have, they have to kind of do a lot of different things in order to appeal to a wide audience. You know what's maybe the dumbest thing about FFBE? Is that while I did stay and come back and stay after my initial in- install that burned my uh, phone at the time, uh, and while I did return primarily for the new automata, it was already in my head because someone talked about the Ariana Grande collab of all things. And that's enough to just say, look at this wacky out of the way things but maybe it can hook in some uh, different people and make some people talk about your game Fair. yeah I know I know of at least one person in the FFBE community who actually originally started the game because of the Ariana Grande uh, crossover yeah, I think I know exactly who you're talking about. Mm. From the uh, one of the forums, the Final Fantasy Brave XBS forum, right? Uh, I don't know him from the forum. I know him. I don't know him from the forums. Yeah, I know him. He we're streams. kind of like stream simpatico. We've raided each other a few times. 
No. And that's the him, so no, that's not the same person. Meaning that together we know at least two people that started because nice. of this collab. Uh, yeah, yeah, the guy I'm talking about, and I'm pretty sure the one Des is talking about too, is a streamer called Saiyan Knight. Yep, that's him. Okay. Oh, right, I know him. Yeah, yeah, he's a, he's a friend of this channel that we haven't really spoken recently. I should probably say hi in a while. I've just yeah. been out of that FFBE life, so I haven't been focusing on that community so hard. Yeah, I, I spot him streaming lately, and now it's uh, in his status in Elytra server, so yep. a little yep. hello has been real nice. Yep. Well, yeah, I think that's pretty much it for today's episode. Yeah, it was interesting to hear kind of the different things that you guys uh, uh, had draw you in. Yeah. Yeah, turns out a lot of different people have a lot of different experience, and that's why these games... Get I cast the nets pretty wide. Mm-hmm. Of course. Or better or worse. We got we got we got everything that we had. I mean yep. if it if if it's if it's good for your usual gameplay style or if you like everything that's there, just enjoy it. Indeed. We have we have our own perspectives. Not just in life, but also in gotchas. And I can't think of a better note to go ahead and wrap up on. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We'll be back next time with more of the games you love to hate. Have a good one, y'all. See ya. See you later. Peace.